back to another episode of Cherishing Scripture Podcast, a podcast where we are changing society by cherishing Scripture. I'm here today with uh, Jeremy, Nathan, Pastor Bailey, and a guest with us today, Brother Thompson. How are y'all doing? Good, doing man. Right. How are you? Welcome, brother. Thanks for coming. Oh, man. Yes, sir. Thank you. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, so, Pastor, go ahead and uh, fill us in on something about the church. Let us know something. Oh, man. The church is just, the church is just blossoming. Um, I don't know how else to say it. You know, I mean, people are, are, we had a family today visiting from Arizona. Um, we had another young man who, uh, who uh, we had a chance to visit with him this week, and he said, I'm so delighted to finally find a church that uses the King James Version of the Bible. And for a young man to say that, you know, I mean, people are starting to look for the truth, and they're wandering away now. They're getting away from all of these uh, mega churches, you know, that are, have um, have compromised the gospel and so much more, and they're really coming back. They're coming back to the truth, and that is refreshing. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned been that. Such a such a departure for so long. Yeah, but they're coming back, and that's very refreshing. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that because um, the young lady that you had mentioned that uh, I had the pleasure of on soul winning leading to the Lord. Yeah, she found so. our church. She found our church by looking up churches that use the King James version and. Our church came up, and she lives all the way out in Lithia, so the closest one for her that came up was our church. And they have barely missed a service. Yeah, they've been here quite a bit. Very encouraging. So, so we're seeing some good growth, good days, good growth. It's been a blessing. Yeah, um, we've been uh, going on uh, about the New Testament Baptist Confession. Uh, we are now situated, if you have either printed out the copy like I have, or like some of our men, you may have it with you. Um, on your phones. Uh, we are now in paragraph 7. Um, so, Nathan, you want to go ahead? Do you have it pulled up? Oh, I don't. Well, look, Nathan <laughs> does not. I'm just kidding. Uh, well, then, I'll go ahead and read uh, paragraph 7, and then we'll just springboard right into it. It says, Our hearts uh, are open to our wayward brethren in this matter. Uh, with scriptural grounds and practices, no professing brother will be denied opportunity and occasion to consider and debate the contents of this confession. We do desire that all contentions or that contentions be laid to rest in the name of Christ, so that we all may walk humbly with our God. Now the reference there is Micah six eight. We do not desire to spend our breath or our breath in fruitless complaints about evils of others, but we seek to begin at home to reform our own hearts and ways. Then we pray that others of like faith will be inspired to influence precious brethren who may have uh, been, or who may have deceived themselves by trusting to a form of godliness without power. And the reference there is Second Timothy three five. And I think this pretty straightforward. Would you not agree? Uh, yeah. It says that look, we know that people may have uh, questions, complaints, concerns, whatever, um, and we're we're open to them. Yeah. We're not going to sit here, uh, which once again, um, I hate to you know beat a dead horse, so to speak, but that has really become an issue in a lot of Baptist churches. Is if you have a question, don't ask it, because uh, you'll get you'll get the wrath and the judgment yeah. from it. Yeah, yeah. Part of this paragraph, uh, the motive behind it was uh, to show how much different we intend to be from independent fundamental Baptists, and one of the major ways that we can show that we intend to be different is by being open to questions 
Um, you know, as you stated in, in a lot of churches, if a person comes up and says, you know, I'm wondering why do you all dress the way you dress or why, why do we use the King James Version only or why this or why that, um, many pastors do not see that as an opportunity to explain or to train or to groom or to teach, but they see it as a challenge to their authority mm. and it becomes a bloodbath. Um, and, and people are fed up with this, you know, because they have questions and, it, and it's not a challenge. It's not rebellion. They legitimately have questions and they want to get answers to those questions. And so if we can't be that, then why, what's different about us? And uh, there are people that are going to have questions and they're going to have challenges. In fact, on the website, uh, we're getting ready to open up an entirely new section to the website that's just going to be called the objections, not the objectors, but just the objections. And we're going to go down through the list of things that people have brought to my attention um, where they've said, you know, I don't understand this or I'm challenging this or I would like for you to explain this or I disagree with this. And we're just calling that the objections. If we can't put those on the website, then why are we doing this? Right. If we're so timid and uh, and un, uh, unclear about what we're teaching here and what we believe, um, why are we doing this? That's good. So that opportunity has to be open. Yeah. Um, I definitely think that that is, like we said, that has become a major fall off. You know, and I will say, uh, speaking for myself at least, one of my favorite um, services that you do is when you just sit up there and you know you always start with a joke of this isn't stump the pastor time yeah. uh, but if you have any questions go ahead and ask them and you'll be surprised sometimes you'll get uh, some deeper questions about something and sometimes it may be very simply well pastor you said this in a message uh, and here uh, this scripture verse says X, Y, and Z we had that about the um, losing uh, your salvation or when it was yeah the sin that can't be forgiven. Uh, and you, and you, had a great, you had a great explanation on that about why uh, why we do that, you know, because it's so biblical and how you know much of the scripture is is the product of questions. You remember, you remember saying those things? Yeah, um, I mean, if you look at most of um, Paul, his writing, or uh, even Jesus when he was there, uh, people would come up and ask a question, and then Jesus would go into this. Uh, almost like a message or a parable or something of that nature. And he would go off, and that's how he would actually teach them. He'd say, okay, well, you asked me this. And he would say, you have heard this, and then I tell you this. Uh, Paul says, now concerning the things which were written unto me, the questions that he got, and he laid out uh, doctrine and he laid out truth to them. So much of our New Testament is the product of somebody asking a question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most and of it. So if, how can we call ourselves New Testament Baptists if we refuse to answer questions? That's the point of this paragraph, is we're open to those challenges. And I'm not just talking about softballs. I mean, some real questions, you know, and I've had those. I've had people that have come and, uh, you know, and said, hey, you know, I'm, I'm a little concerned about the, uh, you know, about this statement or that statement. Uh, people have asked about some of the terminology, and uh, and er- especially very early in the, uh, in the confession here, you know, we went back and retooled some of it. You know, and that's the, it's, it's, quickly becoming a closed document you mm-hmm. know but uh, those things are still open yeah we want to be we want to be available you all, you guys know uh rb olette he's um i think it's saginaw michigan i can't remember great great man of god and i think he's gone into evangelism now but um 
Arby Ouellette is, uh, in my opinion, a very balanced man, independent fundamental Baptist, but one of the best. You know, the, and I pers- I do not personally know him, but I've always admired his ministry from a distance. And I heard R. B. Ouellette say something one time uh, on a recording. He was talking about the fact that, um, uh, you know, that if if you can show me in Scripture where I am wrong, I will change it today. And the reason he said that is because he wrote a letter of admonition to another independent fundamental Baptist pastor, and he said, "Brother." in a very mild-mannered tone, a very meek, uh, non-confrontational, non-critical tone. He said, Brother, I'm concerned about some of the things that you're preaching and some of the things that you're saying. And the response from that man was, I'm too old to change. Hmm. And R.B. Ouellette made an example out of that. And he said, I'll never be too old to change. If you can show me in the Bible where I'm wrong, I'll change it today, which I thought was admirable yeah. you know, for a man to be that pliable and willing to make those kinds of changes. Uh, you know, I will say uh, to this, uh, I'm around you a lot, uh, being the youth director and then working at the school here and then going to the college here. And I've seen uh, people come up to you just the other night. Someone came up to you and asked you a question about when you were talking about widows yeah. uh, and what the definition of widows was. And you told him, you said, well, this is what the Bible says. Um, this is what I've gotten out of my study out of it. But if you can show me otherwise, then... You even said a thing. You said, I'll be willing to go up in front of the church and correct the mistake I made. And I think that 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 open line of communication needs to be there um, with whoever it is. And and on that note, you know, by the way, I spent a whole morning uh, in my office after that. I spent a whole morning in my office studying the word widow again just so that if I was wrong, I could correct it. You know, so the word of God is what's in control here. It's not whether it's not how I look. It's. What what is ultimately right and wrong, as it is outlined in God's word, and so for us to, you know, throw out this, you know, this garbage about I'm too old to change. It's uh, you know, I find that very dangerous. Yeah, I find that very dangerous. Brother Thompson, you're you're our senior. <laughs> What's your take on this? I mean, the the whole concept of uh, of the Bible being in in you know, being the ultimate and final authority. Well, preacher, the um, I would start by saying this: that the and it's not just among independent Baptists, but there we were members of a, a very large church for years. We were very active, very active especially in evangelism and uh, most of the time we were we were out uh, preaching on the street inner city ministry in a jail uh, in the country of Haiti and even some of those people saw things that they were afraid to question and they would ask us questions. And of course, you know, you don't want to say anything that's going to make um, uh, any of those in leadership over you look bad. So um, I would just say this. The, the, the church that we were at was probably, it was considered probably at that time, uh, they had a Christian school there, very large Christian school. The church was 
<clears throat> working to, they were close to having 1,200 people. Hmm. Today, they're doing good on Sunday morning to have 300, if they have 300. Wow. Sunday night, Wednesday night is just pretty much, it's just very low, very, very low. And the whole thing uh, th- that I see that happened was, uh, I think I could probably narrow it down to one thing, and that was inconsistency. This Independent Fundamental Baptist independent Church. Independent Fundamental Baptist Church. Inconsistency yeah. in, in the leadership. For instance, it was said over and over again from, the, from every part of the leadership, every member in the leadership, whether it was the teachers in school, Sunday school teachers, uh, whether it was um, the pastor or the associate pastor, whatever, they made it clear, even from the pulpit, uh, we don't make waves. You don't ask questions. Yeah. Um, if there's a problem, you come to us and we'll take care of it. But the, the biggest problem with that is they didn't take care of it. And the young people, my son went to that school for 12 years. And there was so much going on in the school that the young people, they, and don't misunderstand me, God has a standard, and His standard is the same for all of His people. God has a standard, and that's holiness. Sure. Uh, He has a standard when it comes to dress, and that's modesty. Sure. Uh. But what they were seeing was a man-made standard, a list of things that you do and a list of things that you don't do, and you don't question those things. The problem was the leadership was doing just the opposite, and I mean all the way down to the teachers. I could tell you things that would just, you'd cry if you knew. And I know that you've been in the ministry for so many years, you've seen it, but that my son's graduating class I would have to say this and this is probably a, a conservative number what I'm going to say I would say 85% of his graduating class uh, before the ink was dry on their diploma they had basically bailed out yeah and and this was uh, 1991 1992 correct when John graduated right well here's what happened he was going to graduate but he got so discouraged, and in the discouragement, even among a lot of the, the, the young people, the things that were going on, the young people literally got... Inconsistency will drive people to despise you. Yes. And that's what happened with the youth. They literally despised. Yeah. Uh, and so John, he became so bewildered he would come home and tell me things and I would say no John that's that's not right well I would go and I'd find out yeah and I would find out that what he had told me was true yeah I'd go to the leadership and all I would get was a look yeah and I'd say okay I've told you I'm not trying to be I'm not trying to cause trouble but you need to take care of these things okay so it wasn't taken care of so John became so discouraged then in 11th grade, he just he he just didn't even care anymore. And when he went back to school the next year, he he was doing so bad that I said, "This there's no reason for you to continue in Christian school. 
for what it's costing us to put you through school uh, if you're not going to try to make the grades. Well, saying that, even at that, when he, he eventually finished school, he went and got his GED, but in 11th grade, he was on second year college level. Mm, wow. The school, and they use the same curriculum we use here. Wow. Yeah. So he was doing good, but he became so discouraged. I can tell you some of the men today who, who are in ministry today who were in that group. But when that happened, they became so discouraged too. They, it's just like they just jumped ship. Yeah. And they said, what is going on here? And, and it was all because of the inconsistency. Yeah. In, in, in the, in the leadership, you know, here's a list of things that we do and don't do, and as long as you do those, you're going to be okay. The problem was some of the very same people were going out into their car listening to music that was totally opposite of what yeah. they were to, being told not to listen to. Yeah. They were dressing in a way, and I mean ungodly way. Yeah. They were going places that they shouldn't go, and you had people shacking up that the leadership yeah. didn't know about and so I'm just saying this I'm, I'm not trying to paint a bad picture but the truth of the matter is it all came from this one thing some people believe and I say some I'm afraid to say it's, it's a big percentage they believe that we have this list of things and as long as we do this list that's our fundamentals of the faith yeah that's sanctification yeah yeah that's exactly right so so, you know, and really when you look at it, it's no different than those who believe they're saved by works. Listen, we're not saved by works that we do. We're saved by the work that He did. Right, right. And we're sanctified by the work He does in us. That's exactly right. Not by a list. And so they saw such inconsistency, and I mean, it drove some of them just almost to the edge. Well, brother, we have a very clear biblical example of this. And Jesus uh, even said, "Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees." Yeah. What was the original uh, law? It, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. What did the Pharisees do? They turned it into not being able to carry anything heavier than a dried fig. That's what can insane. You, what can you? There's nothing you can that do. That includes an infant. That included, you know, a prosthetic leg. That included false teeth. That included, you know, a host of that you couldn't carry an ink well. You, you know. And that's not what Jesus said. You know, he, they added so much to the original commandment that they made the Sabbath a miserable experience. And I'm sad, you know, that, uh, you know, to hear the testimony like you're talking about of John, you know, many, many independent fundamental Baptist churches have been blind to this. They don't understand that when they create this, this list of outward sanctification, it has no inward fulfillment for people. And they want and, and look, you guys know me. I know you guys. We we're living right. I mean, we're, this is you know, people. One of the objections that we're facing here with the confession is people coming forward and saying, "Oh, this is just another church that wants to go liberal." That is not true. Our church is conservative. Our music is conservative. We had a, an, an incredible musician, you know, musical yeah, service this morning in our church. And so, uh, you know, we're, we're still using hymn books. We're we're all of that King James only uh, that's us that's us but the insanity of uh, of creating this fictitious list of things that give people some sense of outward sanctification uh, is in my opinion one of the one of the the downfalls to independent fundamental Baptists altogether 
Yeah, they said, uh, I was just looking up here, uh, research, they say out of the young people that stop going to church, 55% of them stop going because it's church and pastor-related reasons. Yeah. Um, the top five reasons they give, two of the five say this, uh, church members seemed hypocritical or judgmental, and the other one was, I don't feel connected to the people in my church. Yeah. It's dangerous. And young people are not equipped to handle that. Mm. They're just well, not equipped. And to go off what uh, Brother Thompson was saying is one of the biggest concerns I had uh, in this school, and, and one thing I've tried to be careful of in my Bible class, is, uh, don't get me wrong, I believe th- strongly in Christian education, and I believe it's good. But if you're not careful, you're going to have some of these kids who have grown up and girls should wear squirts and guys should wear long pants and they're going to have all these standards and rules in their life. They're going to have no relationship at all. Yeah. None at all. Um, I, I mean, I, without talking to about any student in particular, it would just blow your mind when I had kids. Uh, we had something where we were writing about God's providence and it was talking about their salvation and everything, how little they were able to write. Yeah. Because they just don't know. All they know is the standards that they've been taught. Yeah. Uh, and this is not just in one school. This is not just a unique situation. This is starting, like Brother Thompson said, back in the 1990s yeah. and is still happening more and more often today. Mm. Yeah. And they, they rehearse those short answers to give the students, like, how do you know you're saved? Oh, because I believe in Jesus. Yeah. And that's all they know. Yeah. And there's no emotion. There's no... There's no zeal. There's no pursuit of God. There's no experimenting in prayer. There's none of that. It's just, well, this is why. Well, part of the problem with that, too, is the good old saying, you have to get them lost before they can get saved. I mean, you have kids getting saved that don't even know they're lost. That's right. They just hear, well, you need to, if you don't want to go to hell, you need to come up and pray this quick prayer, and then you'll be good. You have fire insurance now. It's even more dangerous, repeating prayers. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There are a couple of things that happen. Well, there's several things that happen when when the Lord saves us. And and this is with anybody. First thing, of course, uh, He gives us His righteousness. We're cleansed, we're forgiven, we become children of God, but He turns our hearts to Himself. Yes. What, What... Purpose, what glory would God receive to himself if he forgave someone and then turned them right back out into the world? But he turns our hearts to himself, not to a list. Right. We don't right. hunger for a list. I didn't hunger for a list when God saved me and turned my heart down. I hungered for the word of God. Yes. Yeah, I didn't say, hey, Pastor, now that I'm saved, can you give me a long list of standards to keep? Because uh, <laughs> that's what God's called me to do. Which, which, you know, essentially is the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Yeah, exactly. In the Old Testament, what we discovered is you can't live by a list with any lasting fulfillment. David couldn't do it, and the Jews, the Jews hated to hear Jesus t- say these things. But Jesus said David couldn't do it, Moses couldn't do it, Abraham couldn't do it. And so why do independent fundamental Baptists think that imposing a list of laws on people is going to sanctify their life? It just is insane to try to forward that. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for for they they shall be filled. That's exactly right. Yep. And um, 
I think that this all, bringing it back, uh, goes back to the problem of questioning. I, I can't tell you how many times I've seen a pastor uh, when he'll get a question, he'll almost get offended. And, and to me, it seems like it's uh, it, it's rooted from a form of egotism, uh, thinking that they are more important or more uh, special uh, than uh, this person's question. And it's unfortunate because sometimes people, I mean, think about in Jesus' ministry, the kids were coming up, and I guarantee you the kids that were coming up to Jesus were asking very, very bottom-shelf questions. Sure. It's probably why it was aggravating the disciples because the disciples knew they didn't have long with him. Yeah. So, and these kids are wasting his time. In their opinion, he said, what? Suffer the little ones to come unto me. And for he didn't. not. He didn't push away their questions or say, hey, I got bigger issues or bigger fish to fry with uh, adults. I have to handle this. Don't ask me your silly questions. He took time, and he That's taught right. the children the truth about God's Word. What is what is the verse in the Psalms? Uh, it's basically like children are arrows in, in the quiver, something like that. Yeah, children are in heritage of the Lord. Blessed is the man who hath this quiver full of them. Yeah, right. And it's... Yeah. What when uh, Hitler was trying to take over Nazi Germany, he went for the youth yeah, because the, Nazi the, youth. the youth are the next generation. The That's youth right. are what controlled it. And when these youth are not getting their questions answered or, or they're not getting their their knowledge filled, then they, they leave and they go to something else that will talk to them, that will give them the time Well, of day. what they're going to do is they're going to be drawn to larger more intellectually driven ministries, for example, like Ligonier Ministries or right. uh, some ministries like, uh, you know, the uh, Together for the Gospel conferences where these men are willing to sit down and answer questions. And they're drawn to that. And even though you and I, who are genuinely and truly fundamental in the faith, we see problems with their versions, we see problems with some of their teachings. But that's what young people are being drawn to for nothing else but just simply because they say, these people are finally willing to answer a question for me. Mm. And they ask. You know, Al Mohler has this, uh, has this ministry where he's reached out to people, and the ministry is called Ask Anything. Mm. And believe me, they do. John Piper does the same thing. And he has young people writing in and saying, Dr. Piper, what do I do when I'm having uh, you know, temptations of homosexuality? And instead of John Piper insulting them, he takes a Bible and opens it up and says, here's what the Bible says. And young people are flocking to that. And this is one of the, this is going to be one of the Achilles heels of independent fundamental Baptists. That's why this paragraph is in the confession, because we want to show, not in just word only, but in deed and in truth, we're different from that. We will listen to and do our best to answer your question. And the thing is, if we don't let them ask the questions, they'll go to someone else that That's they probably exactly shouldn't right. be going to to ask the questions. Or, even worse, they'll formulate their own answer. Yeah. And not to backtrack, but with, when he's talking about the list, doesn't the Bible tell us to work our own salvation? With fear in Philippians, with fear and trembling. So not saying that, well, Nathan can dress like a woman if he wanted to, or Zach wear flip-flops, but... Um, you know, it's <laughs> hey. So, but it's saying that you know we're supposed to work the gospel in our lives, right? And not not saying live any way you want to, but it has to go with according to doctrine. So, some of these Absolutely. lists don't really help and make sense if you're not no. working it in. And then, as we talked about last time, a lot of them are extra biblical. Yeah, they're not in the Bible anyway. Listen, if a I've had youth events at my house, and if a young person comes in 
and it's a lady and she's wearing pants, I'm not going <gasps> to gasp and be like, you got to go home and change into a skirt and come back. No, I'm going to let her stay. Yeah. It, that is that is her yeah. uh, sole liberty. And if she asks me a question, she asks for my opinion on it. I may give my opinion on my thoughts on modesty, but at the end of it, I'll tell her, that's between you and God. Right. Yeah. Uh, when a young person came up to me, he now he wears pants. That's all he wears is pants. He we were talking about it actually a couple months ago, but he came up to me and said, "Coach, it is a hundred degrees outside. Why are you wearing pants at PE?" And I told him, "Well, here's why I'm wearing pants." I was like, "Now, do I think you're wrong for wearing shorts?" I said, "Of course not." I said, "There's nothing wrong with wearing shorts." I was like, "But this is why I wear pants." Yeah. And he said, "Okay, I understand. Thank you." And, and what was the fruit of that in his life? He doesn't wear pants anymore. Or he doesn't wear shorts. Because but you were willing to just answer a question. All I told him was, this is what I, why I do it. I gave him a logical reason as to why I do it. And I said, I'm not telling you that you're any... Actually, my exact words to him were, I was like, I'm not telling you that you're any worse of a Christian because you wear shorts. Because I don't believe that. I was like, my dad wears long sleeves all the time. I don't wear long sleeves all the time but that doesn't mean I'm a less of a Christian because I don't wear long sleeves like my dad so I told him I was like that doesn't mean you're a terrible person or you're any less of a Christian it just means that my convictions and yours are different and that's okay and and that's what they need to understand young people need to understand that it is okay to be different yes it is okay not to be exactly cookie cutter like everybody else out there and the reason why is because we have different levels of maturity we got this new convert we have this seasoned saint the reason there's going to be differences is because this person has not been immersed in the Word as long as this seasoned saint who's been saved for 30 years has. So obviously there's going to be maturity differences. There's going to be there's going to be those who are grown in the faith and those who are young. See, with that young person, going back to him, I could have been like, uh, because it's wicked to wear shorts. And I could have probably changed him you temporarily. Could have, you could have insulted him. Yeah, I could have insulted him. That's what him. independent Baptists would have done. They would have said, that's effeminate. You look gay. Yeah, and you look, the you thing look. is, you may outwardly get that kid to change, but it's not going to last. Yeah. Uh, it's like you mentioned about the lady that was in your choir with uh, the nose ring. Yeah. Uh, I could have just got on him, and he would have changed it probably temporarily, but it wouldn't have lasted. That's right. But but now that I let him think it out and, and stop and meditate and think on that, he's made a decision in his own life that is probably going to last far longer than anything I could have It will last much longer. That's exactly right. Good discussion, guys. We're almost out of time. Questions are are very important. I think we can all uh, sit down and come to a consensus yes on that. that, uh, Questions are important to ask and to be asked. If you're not understanding something, we've already said it before. With this, uh, if we're going through this confession and you don't understand something, email us. Uh, We're not going to insult you. We're not going to call you out by name. Of course. But we'll answer questions. We're happy to answer questions. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you can look for that that new section coming to the website called Objections. And we'll go through those uh, as many as we can, as many as our page can contain. We'll go through those and, and put them on the website for the world to see. There are people who think differently than we do, but here's why we think the way we think. Yeah. Well, that was good, guys. Uh, went a little longer than we thought to, but I'm glad we could get that out there. Uh, as a reminder, if you have any questions, you can email it to info at NewTestamentBaptist.com. Once again, that's info at NewTestamentBaptist, with an S, dot com. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Cherishing Scripture Podcast, a podcast where we are changing society by cherishing Scripture. <laughs>